You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I am joined by Justine Martinson, who is an entrepreneur in my city. So it's always so much fun when we get to connect locally. Justine has been a medical esthetician and laser tech for over 15 years, but has owned one of the most incredible and well-known medical aesthetic spas, celebrating 10 years now in 2023. Yeah. That's amazing. So the really cool thing, too, that I'm really excited to introduce you to my listeners for is that you also are in the digital marketing space. So owning a salon, a spa that has been such a prominent member of the community that I am a part of. And I remember even when I first started using Instagram, like I found you so quickly because of that. I followed the spa. I followed your career. And that has been pretty impressive. So I'm really excited to share your knowledge and your expertise with my listeners and just really dive into what it looks like to run a seven-figure spa and be in the marketing space and be a mama and all of the things. Hi, Jody. Thank you so much for having me. It is so great to be here. And I'm just, I'm such a big fan of yours. So this is an absolute honor. The feeling is mutual and I'm really excited to get into this. So We're going to talk about everything from how you have been, as an entrepreneur, really involved in your local community, as well as leveraged a lot of digital marketing strategies, and then how that has evolved over the past decade as well. Mm -hmm. I want to give you an opportunity to share your story. You've done some really cool things. So I'm excited to hear where it started and how you got to where you are today. All right. Okay. Buckle up, everybody. This is a long, convoluted story, but here we go. The best kind. Yes. I have had a very, I would say, an unfair advantage in life Mm -hmm. because since I received my first Barbie doll, probably at two years old, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life, in my career, And I know that's not the case for everybody. So that's why I say it's an unfair advantage, but I'm going to delve into that a little bit more. So when I got that glamorous piece of plastic, (laughs) I just came to life. I thought, this is what I need to be doing, dressing her up and doing her hair and doing makeup. And when all the other little girls, not all the other little girls, but (laughs) a lot of them were playing house and with their baby dolls and I was playing salon and spa owner. Love that. That to me was always what lit me up. I knew at a young age, like, this is what I want to do. So what are next steps? In high school, not even, I would say like, junior high, I was 12 years old. I begged, that's junior high? I don't know. Now I feel like it's so long ago. <laughs> okay, 12 years old. I begged my mom to let me work at Merle Norman 
which is for those of you that don't know what Merle Norman is, it is a cosmetic kind of studio that sells makeup and does waxing and pedicures and all of that. So in my small town, Olds, Alberta, we had this Merle Norman and my mom knew the owner. I knew the owner and she let me come in and work. I couldn't actually work. I was 12, but <laughs> sweep the floors and clean the sinks and just like observe and be there and be present and get to be around that culture. And from there, I went to work at when I was a little bit older and the right age to actually hold the job. <laughs> I started working at Rexall in the beauty department. So I'm working at Merle Norman and then I'm working in the drugstore in the beauty department, just loving my life, spending every penny I made on skincare and makeup. And from there, I knew that I was, I wanted to take my aesthetics training. So I took my schooling and fell in love with that. But it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I loved the medical piece of it. Mm. But at that time, that would have been like nine, 2008, around there. There was really like no formal training for laser and medical aesthetics. Unless you were a dermatologist, plastic surgeon, like it just really wasn't a thing. So I started working for a doctor who trained me on all the medical devices. It was an acne clinic. And I just got such valuable training there. So she would fly around Canada and the States. And I got this very lucrative training, hands-on training. And I just got a taste of it and took off from there. So I knew this is where my passion really lied, is was a real transformative change for my clients and for people that was so much more than just skin deep. Right. And it was that connection with those clients that I was like, this is what I need to do for the rest of my life. I think that we can all really relate on that wanting to facilitate real transformation and that connection piece. Mm-hmm. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, I, that is everything to me. And that is the why. And that is my drive behind what I do. And with my team as well, like the community that we've created, I call it our uh, rose gold sparkly bubble. I love uh, that. anyone that's been into Lipstick Empire. Everything <laughs> is sparkly. Everything is fluffy. It smells good, and it's like being in your best friend's basement. I love And that. it's a safe, inclusive space for everybody. Um, yeah. So back to after I I took my training and then worked for the doctor. I moved up to the big city. Edmonton is a big city for me, being a small town girl, and I started doing laser at a spa that was very much like manicures, pedicures, basic aesthetics at that time. And I just went to the owner and I said, I want to build out this laser medical aesthetic side of things. And she was, whoa, this is like a whole new world. And you're always the crazy one when you're the first. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of like, I'll I'll go for it. (laughs) You're crazy until it works and then you're a genius. (laughs) Yes. So I, I built it up and it was gaining a lot of traction and... I was young and impressionable and had that ego thing going on. I was headhunted and went on to start my own spa with four other partners. And at 22 years old, I started my first business in this industry. And yeah, so it happened young. It happened fast. I jumped in both feet as you do. And my passion almost killed me. My passion and drive, I went full tilt into this, gave it my all. I'm a workaholic by trade Mm -hmm. and I stopped eating. I stopped taking care of myself. It was all just like one track mind, get this business set up, get this Mm -hmm. business built. 
And my mental health took a huge hit while setting up this business and hiring everyone and picking every device and all the products and everything for this clinic. I, yeah, lost myself in the process. Right. Um, so didn't end up moving forward in that partnership, right. which was very devastating. So, yeah. So, so then there is a good news story, but we'll pause here. <laughs> yeah. I want to just dig into that a little bit because I think that's something that so many people can relate to. And I know like whenever you are starting a business, there's always so much, there's always so much of yourself that you have to pour into it at the beginning in a way. But I do think that there's, it's so easy to take it too far. So what was it that made you realize this isn't necessarily healthy? Like I need to figure out a different way to approach this if I'm going to assist. Yeah. So, I mean, I would have kept going, um, but I actually got so low that I ended up in the hospital and I couldn't get out of bed for three months. And I went to, to my psychologist and she actually said, you need to pull the pin on this just scene for your mental health and your physical well-being. Something needs to change here. Yeah. And I took that advice very seriously. I yeah. was just mortified. I was so embarrassed because, you know, everyone and their dog knew that I was part of this business and part right. of this venture. And I was so excited. And then I felt like such a failure. And looking back, it was the, this hitting this rock bottom at such a young age in yeah. business and in life was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And I got the opportunity and the privilege, and I say this intentionally, and I use that word intentionally, privilege, because I got to start over again and rebuild myself intelligently. And not everybody gets that opportunity at such a young age. And I did exactly that. I went back and I saw my psychologist on a regular basis. I started feeding myself you know, properly yeah. and getting the right sustenance. And I know as estheticians and hairstylists, we put that, we do put that last. It's we take care of your clients, you eat yeah. when you can, you shovel it in. And I just wasn't even taking the time to shovel it in and eat when I could. Yeah. Prioritizing my health on all levels. And I decided, you know what, I want more education and I want more training because I really value that. So I went into dermatology and I ended up working for the president of dermatology in Canada as his assistant and a laser technician. Wow. Learned so much from him. And we got to fly all over Canada and the States and go to all of the dermatology conventions and just learn from the best of the best. And then I started really pushing the envelope with treatments and lasers and different products. And I was getting a lot of recognition on that front from other doctors and nurses and plastic surgeons, and they wanted to know how I was getting the results that I was getting. Right. And so the doctor I worked for was like, why don't you start a consulting company? Like, yeah. you should not be giving this away for free, right. uh, which I love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a great <laughs> lesson. And so uh, Lipstick Empire Consulting. <laughs> yes, that is how that little beast came into play. And I know everybody's going to want to know because I get this question all the time. Like, where did the name come from? Yes. Lipstick is my power suit. Mm. I could be feeling like absolute crap. And I put on a bright lipstick or I put, and I, to me, it's like, it gives me that confidence. And that was my power suit. I also, I'm, I'm a huge um, lover of feminine and masculine energy and how they work together. And so lipstick being more of a, a feminine product and entity yeah. mixed with empire, which is built on community and strength and power. 
that's how I came up with that name. I love that. I have so many questions. (laughs) I don't even know where to start, but I'm going to start here. Okay. So here's where I'm going to, we're going to go first. So when it comes to when you re-entered business after dealing with this like massive amount of burnout and these health problems Mm -hmm. and all of these things. And I love too what you said about, I I think that a lot of the time, the burnout and the bad habits and all of those things, they tend to creep up more slowly than that, don't they? So sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be like, I I love what you said about how you got this lesson at a very young age and were able to rebuild intentionally Mm -hmm. because often that's Mm -hmm. not the case. And intelligently. Exactly. And often it's not the case for a lot of entrepreneurs because they Mm -hmm. will, it's like these bad habits like creep on top of each other. And we I think for so long in our industry, in the beauty industry, self-sacrifice was glorified and it was seen as a badge Mm -hmm. of honor. And all of these like, you know, we drink a coffee and then 900 calories at like the end of the day or 9,000 calories at the end of the day or whatever Mm -hmm. was so glorified in our industry. And I love to see more conversations about how that's actually not the way to build sustainable success. And that Mm -hmm. it's not about not giving beautiful customer service and prioritizing that the client. But in order to do that effectively, I, I think that collectively we're now understanding that self-sacrifice and not taking care of ourselves just is not the way to do that. When you rebuilt, when you got into, you know, and I love your story too about how you found your passion and you followed that and you mm-hmm. really practiced mastery because that's a conversation that mm-hmm. I've been having a lot recently where it's also important to really like when we talk about imposter syndrome, we talk about all these things. Sometimes it is just that we are so hard on ourselves. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's that we need to put a little bit more time into mastering the skill that we really want to base our careers on. So I love that that's where you went from that. And so my question is, when you were like you said, rebuilding intelligently, mm-hmm. what were the things that were non-negotiables for you? So if you're, mm-hmm. if someone's listening and they are, maybe they're either burnt out or they are on the path to entrepreneurship and they're just wanting to like do things on the right foot, what were the things that you did differently the second time that you really prioritized and were your non-negotiables that you attribute to the decade-long success you've now built? Yeah. Burnout culture is not cute. Mm-mm. It is not, like you said, a badge of honor. I had to learn and it, I actually had to unlearn. It was the unlearning that was really difficult because I did take pride in that. And it's, oh, I worked 14, 15 hours this day. And it was like, you're so proud of it, but then you have nothing left to give. So just going back to basics and just like, okay, I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to take breaks. I'm going to work eight hours. Yeah, I I know it's a novel concept. It's like I'm going to work eight (laughs) hours and I had to learn and like working with a professional had to learn how to set boundaries and not just like, oh, you should do this. It was like set like you stop working. Oh, I lost my AirPod here. (laughs) Um, You stop working at a certain time. There's like that is a non-negotiable. I had to put timers in my phone, schedule it in, eat, have an apple. drink some water. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it needed to happen. I had to rebuild and I had to repair and I had to just get to a point where I could feel like, like me again 
or a new version of me. Like yeah. I, it was, I was just relearning who I was. And from that moment, when I started with the basics and began to rebuild, then you know what? I have become the absolute best version of me. And that's when I was able to create my business and a business that was so authentic. And I got to, I get to on a daily basis, mentor my team and other people on how to take care of your body, the ergonomics. Cause I, I burnt my shoulder out doing laser. Cause when you're doing laser 14 hours a day and you're it's repetitive motion. Yeah. I tore my rotator cuff. There was no chill. There yeah. was no stopping me. Yeah. And so it's no proper ergonomics, taking your breaks, taking care of yourself. And so I had to practice what I was now preaching. Yeah. And it has become so ingrained in who I am. And I will sing it from the rooftops. <laughs> yes. And you and the thing that's so cool about your story is that like you have built like on those principles, you have now achieved way more success and maintained it for longer. Lip Sync Empire started mm-hmm. out as a consulting business. It is now mm-hmm. a ma- wildly successful spa. So how did that transition happen? And after the first experience, <laughs> were you a mm-hmm. little bit gun shy about opening a, a physical location? Like, what did that feel like in terms of starting mm-hmm. that side of the business? Yeah. And I'd love to say like it was all uphill from there. Like I kind of alluded to like, oh, it's so much better. Okay. Yeah. But there were a couple more bumps in the road. I right. hate to say, but such is life as we know. That's yeah. So I, I then was like, okay, so I have jumped into mastering skills as a medical esthetician right. um, and, you know, becoming a leader in that industry. But then I was like, you know what? I want to be a manager and I want to learn about ownership and I want to learn like the ins and outs of business. So being a constant, I love to be a student. I'm always learning. I ended up taking on a position where I was the general manager of a clinic with potential ownership if it was the right fit for me. So I had moved all my clients. I think at that time I had about 225 regular clients and we built up a wonderful clientele, moved everybody over. They were all really excited for me. I dove in headfirst, as I always do, into this business and building my team and those relationships. And this was my chance to really learn the ins and outs of business. And once I looked under the hood of that business, there were things that were less than favorable that were not presented in a I don't know. We won't get into that. (laughs) Not overly transparent. Not overly (laughs) transparent. And then once I started digging into that, I realized I needed to run. Right. So I was looking to move and the owner got wind of this and there ended up, you know, I ended up leaving and my clients followed as they were my clients and there ended up being a long drawn out lawsuit. So I went through that while I was starting lipstick and there were a lot of things said and done and that really attacked my character. Right. And I just kept that integrity and I went through it. I kept my head held high and it all worked out in my favor, but it was very stressful. So the whole time I'm building lipstick, I'm in the back of my mind, we're like, there's these people that don't want me to succeed. Right. So they're doing everything in their power to slander my name and ruin my reputation. And so I learned so much from that as well. And in business, I learned what not to do from yes. this company. Which is actually so like so valuable. 100%. So I, know, 
I knew what not to do. And of course, I learned a lot of wonderful things. And that team there, my team, the greatest people that I'm still very close with to this day. So from there, I rented out two rooms in a hair salon. Wow. And I had a bunch of lasers because I had a great partnership with one of the laser companies, Candela, who I work very closely with to this day. And they were like, we love you. We support you. Here's some lasers to use. Make magic happen, girl. And so I had $7,000, which is a lot of money. I was 20 years old, had $27,000 to my name. And I was like, okay, how am I going to turn $7,000 into a seven-figure-a-year empire? (laughs) How am I going to do this? Because lasers are expensive, my friend. Right. So I took this $7,000. I found this space, the two tiny 100-square-foot rooms. each in this hair salon and I'd wheel my giant lasers in and out and I'd take my clients in the one room and then have the lasers and play Tetris with them, bring them in and out in the other room and took that $7,000, paid my rent payment with that, my lease payment, got a Canada small business loan, bought another laser, terrified. I'm like, what am I doing? Oh my (laughs) God, like this is happening. Uh, Another laser and with that and with the wonderful clientele that I have, I was able, like, I outgrew that space the day before I moved into it. And I was just really seeing great success. And then I bought another laser and then another laser. And then I needed to find a new space. So I found the space on 124th Street and I thought, oh, it's time to hire someone. So I, after being the janitor, the technician, Instagram was brand new then. And I thought, oh, I'm going to give this thing a whirl. I knew nothing about it. I'm just going to start posting like cute little pictures and like things that I find or that I make on Canva. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. And I just started being very consistent doing that. Yeah. So I was doing everything within the business and then hired another person and she started taking clients. We were both taking clients, bringing our clients out, went from 200 square feet total to 1600 square feet on 124th Street in Edmonton. Four rooms, beautiful reception area, office, bathrooms, the whole thing. Yeah. And it just like from there. Yeah. And then out of need and necessity, then I would hire another person. Right. But I made sure I could do absolutely everything within that business. And we were like stretched <laughs> to, yeah. to the maximum with boundaries. Right. Before I hired another person. Yeah. So within, it took about seven years. Yeah. Then seven years, I turned that seven thousand dollars into a, a seven figure a year business it took it wasn't done overnight yeah it took time but now i have 1.5 million dollars worth of lasers i have a team of there's nine of us and we get to take care of like over 150 clients every month That's and amazing. have just built this beautiful space and i have to pinch myself sometimes because 10 years oh. I love this story. Yeah. And it's so, I'm really grateful to you for sharing that transparent look behind the scenes too, because I think it's really easy to look at when you, I think when you're building a business to a certain extent, you need blinders in a way because it's like you need to really focus on that end goal. But then I also think that so often it's easy to think that when roadblocks happen, it's a sign that it's not meant to be or that you're doing mm-hmm. something wrong or whatever that is. But the reality is that there's always going to be roadblocks and things that come up. And so hearing that you had dealt with all of those things, and I can imagine that it built an enormous amount of grit and determination and character trying to build a business 
in the midst of someone else trying to tear you down. Like I think in the beauty industry, oft, most stylists that I talk to, most beauty pros that I talk to have had a certain experience with maybe not being supported in the way that they had hoped. So I think that's mm-hmm. very relatable. I know lots of stylists who have been non-competed and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so I think no. it's really impressive that you were able to put those blinders on and build what you built in spite of that. But I can imagine that wasn't easy. No, my poor nervous system yeah. just fried. Oh, so, yeah, but I just um, kept going. And yeah, and that's the thing, right? Keeping going. And that's what I remember reading like very early into my entrepreneurship journey, that the thing that sets successful entrepreneurs apart from those that don't make it a lot of the time is tenacity and just Mm -hmm. being willing to fix things that aren't working. And I always say it's almost an experimental mindset, right? Instead of getting so caught up and letting our ego make things a bigger deal than they are really mm-hmm. learning to to think about things as experimental and if it doesn't if it doesn't work out then having that ability to evolve and to pivot I think is really vital which it sounds like there was has been a lot of in your journey yes yes yeah and then you know I built this beautiful like incredible incredibly talented team I can't yeah. say enough great things about my team and then we all know what happened COVID hits. Yeah. So I had to lay off this incredibly talented, wonderful yeah. team. Not once, not twice, but three times. Wow. And we were shut down for six and a half months. Those lasers don't pay for themselves. Right, right. And the space doesn't pay for itself. Yeah. My overhead was forty-five, fifty $50,000 a month. And it's right. like, what do we do? So right. I'm grateful that I had savings. I just knew in my gut this was something that I had to have, even though everyone thought I was crazy. My financial advisor, my accountant, everyone, get things paid off. Why are you holding this amount in your savings? And I just had this feeling. And thank goodness, because of that and because of our membership program that we've created seven years ago within Lipstick, that is monthly facial every month. And it is residual income. And because of our fabulous clients who were like, you know what, we just want to keep on with our membership. We're going to keep paying and we'll just double up, triple up when we get back. We want to support you. So my community has always rallied around me and my team. And we are still standing because of every one of them. Yeah. That's incredible, Justine. I think that it is a testament. And one of the things, one of the big core pillars I actually want to talk to you about is that community involvement and the investment that you have Mm -hmm. from your community. Now, being someone who, like, we live in the same city, obviously, I follow you Mm -hmm. on Instagram, I see the things. I know that you are really involved in our local community, but I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that in terms of, and I know that it, I, I know we were talking before we hit record that it it wasn't like a strategic thing to do that. It was wanting to help and wanting to give back. But I'd love to talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about how that community involved. But first of all, like where, where did that start? What led you into that path? Being someone Mm -hmm. who is a busy business owner and entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and mom and all of the things, all of the hats, Mm -hmm. where did that start? And then like, how do you feel like that has helped you build your empire? Yeah. Great question. Thank you so much for asking because this is something that I'm so passionate about. This has started at a very young age too. I have a bleeding heart. I just care about people. Like I just so deeply, like almost to a fault. Yeah. But you know what? It is my greatest strength and my superhuman power. And I truly believe that human connection. 
and taking care of each other. It is the most important thing. So I knew when I started this business that it was to serve not just me, to serve my community. And I use Lipstick Empire as a vehicle to drive change in my community. So I use that. I use my platform to really create lasting change. So I work very closely with the Zebra Child Protection Center. I am on the Advertising Marketing Fundraising Committee, which is where I'm very well suited because a lot of the donations, you know, come from me and from I help rally the troops to donate as well. Wonderful organization. Great people. We help a lot of little humans in this community. And I've just scratched the surface. There's so much more that I want to do. I. My team and I have donated, I'd have to calculate to date, over a million dollars in in-kind and monetary um, donations and sponsorship to deserving charities across the city. And that's over the past five years. Wow. That is my, that is my most, that's what I'm most proud of. And when we were talking beforehand and you brought that up right away, I really noticed this theme, this shred of community and that makes my heart sore. And I get this when I'm out in the community. It's like, Justine, thank you for donating to the Lorena Shelter, the Women's Shelters. Thank you for your donation to help support young girls and, and women in our community. And that's everything to me. That is the greatest compliment ever. So, you know, it was a little bit challenging coming out of COVID because I had to put the oxygen mask on my own business. Of course. And I just didn't have the funds to give, but I gave my time and my energy and my resources in every way that I could. And that taught me so much. And that was so fantastic. And I will continue to support this community. And yes, it is a social enterprise. Yes, it's a great way to connect with people and potential clients and a great way to get our name out there. That is just the cherry on top of the cake. It's yeah, just taking care of each other and taking care of this community. That's what it's about, friend. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's so easy in the entrepreneurship space because it is so Mm all-consuming that I think it's really admirable that you prioritize that alongside growing your business Mm -hmm. because it's easy to get really caught up. And so getting out into your community, I feel has probably been something that has really connected you even deeper. And I always talk in marketing, and I'm sure you do as well, about the importance, and especially in the last few years, of leading with your values and show instead of tell. It's very easy to say, I value this. It's something else Mm -hmm. entirely to illustrate that through your actions. And so I think that's a a really key example of doing exactly that. And I know you're Mm -hmm. also involved in a lot of like local entrepreneurship initiatives and circles and all that. So can we talk a little bit about that and what from a business perspective as well, because like you, we both do and and teach and and talk about digital marketing all the time, but I'm curious Mm -hmm. about the local spin on marketing and building the business and all of those kinds of things. I love digital marketing. I, as you do as well, we're passionate course, about yeah. that. But there's a whole other piece. And I've made that my mission to still put an emphasis on that guerrilla marketing and that connection piece. So meeting other entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs and people that have been in business for many years or are just starting out, I just take something from each person and I just treasure and value people and their strength 
And I love to learn about them and what they bring to the table and their business and the intricacies. And so I ask a lot of questions. I learn more from people than I could ever learn from any book, from going to school, any of that. I just find that's where I built these relationships that have been like jumping off points too. And I just find like in a room with 20, 30 people and I surround myself with people that will bring up my name and speak so highly of me. And I do the same for them. The connections that leads to incredible. I surround myself with people that are doing the most outstanding work and things that I've never even dreamt of. And they're challenging me to expand my mind and our conversations are different. And I'm learning how to ask great questions. And I'm bringing that into the community too, to help serve and help others. And the mentorship piece is where my heart really lies. And so I love, yeah, I love the digital marketing and branding piece and the guerrilla marketing piece, but tying that together with really helping other entrepreneurs bring all of that together and go out to this world and really see success. That is where I'm heading in the trajectory of my career. It's a little insight there. But that really lights me up. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said too, regardless of where you live, even if you're living, like I, I would definitely say that the, one of the keys to what I've been able to achieve in the last five years has been relationships and really mm-hmm. being in rooms with people who, like you said, are thinking differently, who are thinking big, mm-hmm. who are, who are inspiring and expansive. Mm-hmm. And that has been something where it can be community organizations. I think most major cities will have Mm -hmm. organizations for specifically female entrepreneurs or creative entrepreneurs or whatever that looks like. And then there's also things like I've met some of my dearest friends now through things like masterminds and Mm -hmm. events that aren't local. So I think it's really great that we have so much access. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't really have that in my community or then look for mm-hmm. it. Like they probably Seek do it out. A and B, mm-hmm. there's so many incredible places to find community and to mm-hmm. find and to get involved in all of these things. So yes, or create it. Yeah. Get out there, start meeting people, meet at a coffee shop. It doesn't have to be anything big. It's like you connect with someone, yeah. you invite them, have them invite someone that inspires them. Yeah. Create it yourself. Create that, that community for yourself. And I, it is game-changing. Yeah. It absolutely is. I love that so much. Thank you so much for your time today, Justine. This has been an incredible conversation. Oh, my pleasure. Is there anything that you want to make sure you leave my listeners with? So we're talking to a lot of independent hairstylists, salon owners, mm. beauty pros, creatives, like all who are spending their free time wanting to learn and grow and get to the next level and serve themselves Mm -hmm. and serve their businesses. What is the biggest piece of advice you would leave with my listeners? Take care of you first. You really do. I know we are programmed to take care of others. And that is so beautiful. You first, your health matters. And then you go from there and you're able to serve your community, serve your clients, serve your family, but you first. And just keep going. Just keep trying. Have that grit. Have that determination. Don't stop. Oh my goodness. I love that. Where can my listeners go to find out more about you and connect with you? 
Yeah. So at Lipstick Empire on Instagram and we're lipstickempire.ca. That's our uh, website and you can email us there. Yeah, it's the best place to connect. That's our calling card is is at Lipstick Empire on Instagram. So I love that. Thank you again for being here. It's been so great to connect with you and um, I can't future. Yes. Thank you, Jody. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.